0: how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, and as always, I am so excited to have the opportunity to spend a few minutes with you today. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your car, your earbuds, wherever you are listening. Now, before we jump into today's conversation, I want to share a quote with you that I recently read that resonated with me. And it says, whenever you are blue or lonely or stricken by some humiliating thing you did... The cure and the hope is in caring about other people. And those words come to us from television journalist Diane Sawyer. Now, in this episode, I am chatting it up with Chief Marketing Officer of Casago, Alex Hussner. And she and I talk about her journey on the professional side of the hosting industry And specifically, we chat about how being involved in our local communities can help propel our businesses. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my discussion with Alex. So today we are joined by Alex Hussner and someone who I have the pleasure of calling a
1: dear friend
0: from the one and only Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Alex, thanks so much for being with us.
1: Absolutely, thank you so much for having me here, Stacey. I know know, we say this a lot, but this has definitely been a long time coming and (laughs) (laughs) we've had to reschedule, which has been my fault. So I appreciate your patience as uh, things have been a little bit crazy, but have really been looking forward to being on your show and just following your journey. So just, it's an honor to be here.
0: Aww. Well, for those who are listening and don't know who you are, share with us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. So I am based here in Myrtle Beach Market. I've been in the vacation rental, short-term rental industry for about 14 years now. I started with a company called Condo World, which is was and still is the largest condo provider in the Myrtle Beach area. And built an amazing career with them, started as director of marketing, became chief marketing officer and really just got to be part of the growth of an incredible company and got to meet a lot of great connections, got involved with uh, VRMA, which is the Vacation Rental Managers Association, got involved with the Myrtle Beach Chamber of Commerce and CVB, which is our destination marketing organization. And just built really great connections through that whole term of of being in that role and i was there for 13 years last november i i made a, a big career move I, I switched after being with the company for that long I am now Chief Marketing Officer for Casago, which is a vac- another vacation rental, short-term rental business. But this is uh, a- on a larger scale. So Casago has 55 locations throughout the US and Mexico. It's a franchise model. So we Casago owns 16 of the locations, but then the rest are all individually owned by local operators that have kind of banded together in a way to uh, pool resources and uh, operate more efficiently. basically. Leverage leveraging the economies of scale of a much larger brand. And that's been an incredible experience too. I've, I've, you know, I love this industry. I love the people in it and just the passion that you, you see in these different operators, no matter what location you're in, it it keeps you going. And the, the relationships really mean a lot.
0: Absolutely. And I'm sure from your experience, both at Condo World as well as Casago, you have seen things from different perspectives. With Casago, I'm imagining when you are out in the field, and I know you travel mm-hmm. quite a bit visiting your franchise owners in the local markets, you understand how you know, short-term rental owners and hosts and investors are operating their business on a day-to-day basis, as well as from the opposite side, meaning from more of a corporate perspective Mm -hmm. where you, again, your experience at Condo World, I'm sure, helped you make that transition over to Casago and being the chief marketing officer there a a bit more seamless. So understanding how the big guys play. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to get your perspective on that from your experience you know, what are the key differentiators, if any, from how a large professional organization operates a short- term rental business versus an individual uh, investor or short term rental host?
1: Yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of differences, you know, short- term rentals as a as a term uh, within the industry has really you know been on the rise since Airbnb has become so you know popular over the last few years but vacation rentals as an industry have been around for decades I And mean, people have been renting beach homes in these you know very large uh, tourist tourism destination areas of the country but they were it's just never was was looked at the same way because the ease of booking was just not there i mean the companies that have been kind of the bedrock of the industry they, all they knew were direct bookings. We didn't know OTAs and really, I mean, Verbo didn't start to really come onto the scene and, and gain any traction until probably around 2007 or eight, you know, and it was still even a few years after that, that it really started to pick up steam. But all these larger companies that have been around for a long time, they did old school marketing back in the day. I mean, they did newspaper ads and radio ads and TV ads and things have just changed so much as far as I've seen in the in the 14 years I've been in this, that you know marketing now is significantly more complicated, more you know dialed in and targeted than it ever has been, but I think that also just kind of lends itself to you know how the businesses have evolved, and it, people that have come into this industry within the last few years, if they have one property or five or ten you know there a lot of them are really really reliant on airbnb mostly and and verbo but really those two channels i think that would be probably the biggest thing that i see as the difference is just how the bookings are where they come from and i think there's there's been more of an emphasis in the last couple of years uh, to educate people to understand that you really you want to have your own direct booking funnel as well i mean you want to use those channels but you want to be able to also control the ebb and flow of your business a little bit better and not be beholden to you know these these giants so i think that's that's part of it but from an operational standpoint back in the day any of us that have been managing properties for other people none of these companies really thought of ourselves as I mean, they they don't buy their own properties, or I mean, they ju- we just manage for other people. And I think that's probably the biggest difference now too. Is that you see, it's people that they self manage, but they're buying the properties themselves, or they're you know going into deals with with different investors. So it's that that whole side of it makes the the two different parts of the industry different. I think it it changes the content that you see in these conversations. That a lot of the STR side is talking more about lending and you know, things related to actual, actually purchasing properties versus us as the historical managers. We are, you know, not in that realm. We are very asset light business and we just focus on the management side. So, you know, d- different ways of looking at it. And I think it's been super interesting in the last couple of years, just to see how, how much has changed so quickly. But, yeah, it's it, it, they're different but similar. At the end of the day, we're all re- we're all renting properties, so that's that's, that's the one commonality. <laughs> you know, you talk
0: about how things have changed over time. I'm totally going to date myself here. Okay, <laughs> but when I was a kid, we would take vacations oftentimes to North Myrtle Beach, or we used to go to Ocean Isle, North Carolina, quite a bit. Yep. And my parents had a magazine. Okay. It oh, was yeah. a magazine of all of these vacation rental properties. And we would go through the magazine as a family and like circle the properties that we were interested in. Yep. And my dad would have to call on the phone <laughs> to book directly with a local realtor, you know, who managed that booking or managed that property. And to your point, things have evolved quite a bit. Yes. (laughs) You know, I think it's really interesting to hear you say that from a professional vacation rental management perspective, it's always been direct bookings first, and you've Mm -hmm. had to evolve to incorporate the OTAs. Mm -hmm. Just from your perspective, thinking about your experience, again, both at Condo World as well as at Casago, what percentage or what ratio at this point in time would you say uh, the bookings come from direct channels versus an online travel agency?
1: I think it really just varies on the business. I was down in Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, Perdido Key last week. And most of the managers that we talked to, they were, you know, they've been in business for for several years, at least, you know, 10 plus years. And most of them were somewhere between 50 to 65% direct, uh, which I would say that's probably about standard for those companies that have been around longer. In my previous role at Condo World, we were 95% direct. So, I mean, we really... We had a very unique approach to how we did things and the brand was very important to us because of where we saw the future growth and of the company going into other areas, which that ultimately did not end up being where the family business wanted to do it, but that was for a long time what the priority was. So. We invested very heavily in tech and advertising that really promoted and spotlighted, put a spotlight on our brand specifically and kind of steered away from platforms where we were not able to do that. We tried to steer away from anything where we were a commodity. And I think that's really what that is. The the sad part about some of these channels is that it really, it, it does lose that connection with the property manager and the service that you're able to provide because you're really just you're comparing price and pictures and there's so much more to it i mean you said like when you you know you'd circle in the magazine and then your dad would call and a lot of that business is, is still done over the phone for those companies because people they they fall in love with their reservation agent and they love calling back to get you know that person that helped them book the best vacation ever and that it's it's those relationships that make it a little bit more of a a deeper connection i think with the families that you service and people that visit you i you know in it it just like i said it it varies by business i've seen some businesses that are you know larger and are only 20 percent direct business you know and they're trying to get more towards that like 30 to 50 percent realistically i think somewhere if you're between 50 to 60 percent is pretty good i think 95% you know, ninety-five percent was probably too much. We were a little bit too over-emphasized uh, on the direct bookings, given you know the direction that the company went. But it it's all based on what your objectives are at the time. And I think the one thing I've realized is that those can those can change. And the the good thing is you can make changes to your strategy that accommodate you know when vision changes for the company and what the strategy is. And you can do it pretty quickly as long as you're 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 nimble and you're aware of what is out there for options.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. Again, I know you're you've got quite a breadth of experience, and your current role is a little different. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm putting words in your mouth. I'm imagining it's a little different. <laughs> it is, yeah.
1: yeah. It definitely <laughs> is, yeah. yeah.
0: Um. And so, correct me if I'm wrong. At Casago your marketing role may be, and again, I'm making a big assumption, maybe to attract future franchise owners. Is that Mm -hmm. indeed the case?
1: Yeah. So I'm actually, you know, I'm chief marketing officer, but really my primary focus at this point is on business development, which that is on the franchise side. So I think, you know, the, the goal is that after a year or two of us continuing to build up these locations on the East Coast, then I would go more to a tr- traditional Chief Marketing Officer role, like I've had in the past. But yeah, it's it's a different kind of marketing. It's B two B marketing. So I had that experience in my pr- previous role as well when. You know, at the in the time period when we were looking to expand into other areas, we built partnerships with other resorts and rental companies, not in a franchise capacity, but in a partnership capacity where we booked reservations for them on our website. So I always I think I I like the B2B side a lot. And this this opportunity when it came up, it's just kind of it's like a larger version of what I was doing there. So that's been very rewarding and just getting to meet other operators out there. You know, obviously you're the same way as I am. If you, not only do we love what we do as an industry, but we do it, we love it so much that we both have podcasts to talk yeah. about it even more. So uh, when I, <laughs> it's crazy. But when I go out and you know meet these companies, it's just, it's its fun. I mean, I, I love talking shop. I love meeting and seeing how people do things differently in in different areas. There's so many similarities. I mean, Gulf Shores, as compared to a Myrtle Beach, as compared to a Panama City Beach, there are a lot of very, very similar things about those markets. And that's been really fun, just getting out there and and talking to people and and being able to, you know, figure out where those commonalities are and then what are the things that we as Costco can bring to the table that, you know, the uh, traditional size manager typically doesn't have access to all the staff that we have, Savannah, so Sea level mm-hmm. marketing, C-level revenue manager, you know, incredible operational support. That's diff- difficult for a small company to employ those types of roles. And we're, you know, we're in the margin business. Since we don't own these properties, we're very much in the margin business. And that can be a, a challenging thing. But uh, we're able to empower the, these companies to access those resources, which has been a lot of fun. Sure, sure.
0: I'm curious... I know you mentioned, again, you know, how developing relationships with people has really helped you grow your business over time. I want to talk a little bit about that and specifically networking, specifically, not only in your local market, but with other operators around the country. From your perspective, how important is it for folks to be networking with other owners and operators, and why is it important? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I would say it's it should be the top of your list of of things that are important. <laughs> Just to be honest, you know, like I said, I early in my career, I got involved with the uh, North Myrtle Beach Chamber of Commerce, which is also the CVB, and then later with the Myrtle Beach Chamber of Commerce and I'm actually just finishing up my year as past chair of the board of directors, and this is my seventh consecutive year on that on that board. So it's been, you know, definitely a, a career association for me. But I've I've met so so many incredible people and learned so much from these organizations. And VRMA is another one as well there's so much information sharing that happens at these events and between the relationships that you have that you can do things on your own and you can try and figure it out on your own, but why bother or why put yourself through that when you can find like-minded individuals that will help you, you know, avoid those missteps and, you know, be able to chart a course forward that is going to be just a better path. In our local market, the the chamber and the CVB are very prominent uh, associations that Myrtle Beach is the fourth largest funded CVB in the country next to Vegas, New York, and Orlando. So we're spending upwards of $50 million a year promoting the the destination, the rural beach area. And because of that, there's gotta be a lot of oversight and the board is very much a working board. We're very involved with the decisions and how the advertising is spent and how the organization grows. It's been very rewarding to be part of that. And just to know that a lot of the decisions that we're making are shaping the future of what this destination will look like for travelers to come in the future. So it's been a great journey. And I definitely recommend getting involved with any sort of conference or local organization where you're at that it just helps you stay connected.
0: Yeah, I will tell you, you know, I'm all about from an investment standpoint, I'm all about making data driven decisions. And Mm -hmm. When I was actually first selecting a market to invest in, it was down to two different markets for me, <laughs> Myrtle Beach and Dustin. Okay. Yeah. And one of the key differentiators was actually looking at the local event calendar mm-hmm. and yeah. how that community was promoting itself. Because I figured that, heck, if I have a place for someone to stay, when they visit that destination, I want to know that that destination is being marketed, that they're actually Mm -hmm. attracting people to come in because I figured it gave me more opportunity, right? And so that was a key differentiator for me as I was selecting a market where I actually tracked that information. So kudos, uh, first of all, (laughs) to Myrtle Beach and the CBB for really, really, being proactive in attracting visitors. I think that that's hugely important. I'm curious from your perspective, maybe someone is listening and they don't have an active CBB. They don't Mm -hmm. have, you know, uh, locals who are proactively trying to attract visitors. How else can they get involved with their local community to help drive growth in their business?
1: Well, I think that, you know, it obviously, it it, it depends on what market you're in, whether it is going to be a, a large organization like Myrtle Beach that has you know, this DMO. And in our market here, the Chambers and CVB DMO it's all one entity. That's not the case in a lot of a lot of areas. But I have seen you know in other parts that even if it's not a large marketing organization for the destination it's still at the, a chamber of commerce that promotes business within the community you know you know fosters relationships and brings people together it does ribbon cuttings and different you know awards and things like that it's still worth getting involved in in that organization no matter what i think your local brand is also very important i mean how your company or how you as a host are respected within the local community, there's a lot of benefit that can come from the relationships that you build there, whether they are spending a lot of money on advertising for the destination or not, you're still able to build partnerships with people that maybe you find a restaurant you want to promote that you include as, as an ancillary add on or, you know, bike service or just any sort of attractions. I mean, there's all sorts of different relationships that can be made through those organizations. So I, I would say, depending on where you are, still just, you know, look online and find out where business is happening and where, you know, people are congregating. And something good will come of it, for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, just from my own perspective, I think it's incredibly important, not only to develop relationships with other businesses in the area in which you operate, but also other hosts. You know, it is, Incredible to have a network of folks that you can go to if, let's say, as an example, a guest reaches out, they're looking for accommodations and you're already booked. Yeah. How great is it that you can actually refer them to someone else who might be able to take that reservation? And when you serve others, I believe, and I've experienced this wholeheartedly, that those rewards come back in dividends. You oh, know, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah. And you can, there's some different things that you can see. I mean, I love that idea about if you're, if you're full passing that business on to somebody else, even if it's, you know, if, if your properties don't accept pets, but you have a connection that their company does or that host that they accept pets, referring that business, it's just, it's, it spreads, it just spreads good goodness. (laughs) And it's going to come back to you. Actually, I just think it makes me think of a story within Casago that our two founders, Steve Schwab and Ryan Dame, they They were friends for probably 10 years before they became business partners and started the franchise model and when they first met i think steve's properties in scottsdale arizona he did not accept pets and ryan's did and so steve was sending him all that business when they get pet inquiries then when they became business partners steve was looking at it and he said oh my god i was sending you a ton of pet reservations <laughs> so i'm glad that we're we're partners now because i didn't realize how much business was there but there's all sorts of things like that in in our market here a lot of the companies don't rent to people under 25 so if you have people that will rent to you know 18 plus or 21 plus you know or uh, students or groups i mean there's there's all sorts of different things that it's okay to be niche about what you're offering is, but if you're able to form partnerships with somebody else that can maybe fulfill that need. And if that is a way to, you know, send business back to you or that you can monetize through partnership or referrals, there's, there's a lot to be said in that mindset. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Now you mentioned DMO and I'm curious for folks who are not familiar with that term, talk to us about what a DMO is and how it can benefit someone who is in the world of
1: short-term rentals. Sure. So Myrtle Beach, our, the DMO is the website is visitmyrtlebeach.com. And that's basically, that's our powerhouse website that all the advertising that the $50 million I mentioned, that's where it's all directed. The traffic is, is going. So the DMO, the job is to promote the destination to be even-handed in how they promote the destination. That it's it's supposed to be fair across the board. There can be opportunities for you know different advertising, different packages, and things that you can buy, but it's supposed to be you know fair, fairly even-keeled on you know what that distribution and, and the promotion is for all the members. The DMO is responsible for those events, like you you mentioned. I mean that's how we keep business coming here you know, longer than just June, July, and August, which for this destination, you know, for a long time, that's really what our market was, and maybe a little bit of May, a little bit of September, but it really fell off October through about March, March, April. But now there are so many different festivals and things. There's always something going on. And that's that's the role of DMO to find those events and to promote them. They work alongside the city. You know, one of the issues that we see across the nation, of course, is Um, legislation that's come down on short-term rentals that has been put in place without really understanding what it is that we do or that there are ways to work around it. And I think in the case of uh, Myrtle Beach and some of these larger destinations, they do work really closely with the the city. And so things are not just kind of shoved down our throats without us knowing. I mean, if there's going to be something going, if there's something potentially looming, we find out about it a lot earlier because we have those relationships and just a better understanding of of what the value of tourism is. And that's essentially, that's that's one of the other core tenets of it too. It's a, It's explaining to the locals the value of tourism that we have very, very low property taxes here. We have tons of great restaurants. We've got all those festivals, as we mentioned, and those things wouldn't happen without tourism. So that's an important role that the DMO also serves is to make sure people know and and not just people, but people who are voting. And that's, you know, that's the locals. And a lot of them are transplants from New York, Ohio, New Hampshire, where I'm from. And it's really important to make sure that messaging is, is clear and on point for what the benefit yeah. of it is.
0: Yeah. So, DMO stands for Destination Marketing Organization, correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. Sorry. If I <laughs> no, You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. And so again, maybe someone is listening and they're going, that all sounds amazing, but how do I even know if my area has one? My friends, Google can be a great resource for you. Yeah. So yeah. my best advice and Alex, I'm curious to hear yours is just hop into Google and and Mm -hmm. search destination marketing organization, comma, and your city name. Um, Also your CVB, your convention and visitor bureau, they Mm -hmm. can be a fantastic resource. Any other words of advice for people to track down these organizations that could help them actively promote their short-term rentals?
1: yeah, I would definitely start with Google. I think that's probably the easiest way without you know since each area of the country has has different has different ways that these organizations are set up. I think if you go to Google, you can probably figure it out probably the quickest. but yeah, d- searching for you know tourism within the destination, tourism organizations, DMO. Chamber of Commerce, normally the Chamber of Commerce, even if they aren't the ones that are promoting tourism, there's still some connection between them and whatever that association is. So you likely could be able to find just directly from, uh, you know, going to one of those websites.
0: Yeah, and I also just want to encourage anyone who's listening, who's thinking, heck, I don't need to get to know my local businesses. I'm attracting people to come stay at my place who live far away. I would love to invite you to shift that thinking. I absolutely believe wholeheartedly that by developing relationships with local organizations, you can collaborate, you can brainstorm ideas where you can develop win-win scenarios that can help everyone. So again, just encourage you to, as if you're listening, to to step outside the box a little.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I know one thing that we always used to look at in, in our market, billboards are a big thing and in Destin, pa- Panama City Beach, Gulf Shores, billboards are a big part of your advertising mix. And now with you know how they do digital display billboards, you can do them a lot less expensively and change them more often than you used to be able to back in the day. But at, at one point, there was always a conversation of, well, why would we want to do billboards in our own local market? Because the people are already here. And while that's true, the people that are coming to visit here, a lot of them, I would say probably somewhere around 60% are coming here because they know somebody that lives here. So the people that are visiting, they know people that are here. The people that are here, you want them to know your your company name or your brand. So I mean, that was always a kind of a, a core tenant of our you know, how we looked at advertising of this was something that was an always on strategy that we wanted our brand out there. We wanted people that lived here, people that vacationed here, all the above to know our brand when they were ready to book accommodations. But I think yeah, the local component of it is is important. And you really just, you have to be looking at it from all sides of, of the spectrum. There's there's a lot of different ways to market. And so especially these days when people are trying to differentiate on Airbnb and that becomes harder and harder. These are some of the tactics that, you know, being look, looking at it from a, a broader scale will be very helpful.
0: Love that. Love that. Okay. Alex, I want to move to the lightning round. Now, what I'm going to oh ask you to do, <laughs> oh boy, get ready. What I'm going <laughs> to ask you to do is answer these next few questions with the very first thing that comes to mind. I promise you it's going to be fun and easy. Okay. First <laughs> question is where is your favorite place to vacation?
1: Hmm, probably Cabo San Lucas. I love Cabo been there probably, gosh, I don't know, seven or eight times now. And that's just one of those, one of those spots that there's so many great hotels, resorts, restaurants, the weather is always beautiful. Hospitality is amazing. I'd go there today if I could.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I- you know, I have never been to Cabo. I have oh, heard wow. so many people say how wonderful it is. Yeah. Do you know why I haven't gone? Is because I love to get in the ocean and play in the water. Yeah. think the water's the water not the best. Cold.
1: There. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's cold and it's not. It's not like crystal Bahamas clear kind of water. But okay. yeah, if if I could make a destination perfect, that's what I would do. <laughs> I would make the modern Cabo a little bit nicer, and then I would really have the perfect spot. <laughs> there you go.
0: It's always interesting for me to also hear people who live in a destination, like a vacation mm-hmm. destination where they like to vacation. So super fun. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> what is one place you've never been that you want to visit?
1: I would say probably... Italy and the Amalfi Coast. I saw so many friends this past year since COVID is now like a lot further in the rear view mirror that went on incredible uh, vacations overseas and a lot went to Italy. And I've always wanted to go to Italy anyways, but now that I've seen so many of my friends going there and seeing pictures, that's definitely on our, our bucket list, hopefully next year but there not sure know. if we'll do a cruise or if go and stay and just kind of hop around between the different yeah. areas, but you know, want to see Rome as well. And so fun, so fun.
0: And I've heard, I, I've actually visited Italy, but for one day. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I would volunteer myself to, to, yeah. accompany you on your Italian let's go. <laughs> oh, All right. What's one thing, you know, now, that you wished you knew when you started out in the world of vacation
1: rentals or short-term rentals? I'll have a second point on this, but I do have to mention this one story because I think it's relevant to parts of our conversation earlier. When I first started at Condo World, I thought that we owned all the properties. (laughs) So there was (laughs) 500 condos or at that time, I think it was 150, but grew to 500. But I didn't realize and you know, I really don't think that most of the vacationing public understands that either. I think they think is if you're with a big company that you just own all the properties. I was quickly told that was not the case. So I learned that but looking back beyond that quick uh, realization of the industry. Oh, man, I would say, just to adopt the learning mindset and the networking mindset early. And I think I, I did that, but I think, you know, the earlier I could have done it probably the better. I think, you know, as we've talked about in this episode, there's just so much that can be literally learned from the, the connections you have when I mean, your network is your net worth. And the people that are out there are for the most part in the industry, very help, helpful people and willing to share and, our industry is changing at lightning speed that you can't just rely on the things that you used to do. And that applies now for people who are in the industry more recently, that that's really all they know is Airbnb and Verbo. Like it's going to be the same thing for that group that you guys can't just do what you've always done. You have to be building those book direct strategies. You have to be diversifying because it's, it puts your business at risk. And I think that's what we learned as the existing operators from back in the day, that we also needed to be friendly with those OTAs. And we needed to welcome that side of the business as well to have a a really well-rounded and protected moat around the company.
0: Yep. Love that. Okay. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: Hmm. Probably don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> and I don't know that I have completely mastered that, but I think it is great advice. And actually, I learned that or somebody first said that to me when I was in college and was in a sorority. And, you know, just like, you know, learning that side of working within a, a big group of women and, you know, drama and everything else. But it, it's still it carries forward today <laughs> that you can you can let things bother you, whether it's, it's relationships, business, doesn't matter what it is, but you have to just recognize the things that you can and can't change. And I think that's a evolution that we all go through in our lives to really be able to, you know, master understanding the difference between the two.
0: Yeah. My mom always used to say, don't sweat the small stuff. And I think actually she had a little book in our house <laughs> um, that were, I guess we're just examples of
1: small things that we should not sweat, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Funny. I don't know that I read the book. But. <laughs> that's, that's a good reminder, I'm sure. I mean, that's, that's, and mean. honestly, I think that's a big part of it too, is just having reminders for any of those types of lessons that you've learned of like just visualizing things because mm-hmm. it's easy to learn something and then forget it. But yeah. those visual reminders are big.
0: Yep. All right. Last question. What's one thing and or person that you're grateful for today?
1: Let's see, God, there's so many of them, but I, you know, in in these types of conversations, I always mention my mentor, Roy Clyburn, who he was the founder and president of Condo World and my boss for those 13 years there. And he was just an incredible part of my early career and just learning the industry, but also just getting the the belief in myself that I could find the confidence to be a leader and then not only in the business, but in the community here as well and just learned so much so much from him so very grateful to have had him in my life for the time that i did he passed at 86 but had a very a wonderful life wonderful career and a lot of people felt the same way that, that i did about him too
0: awesome awesome love it so alex if people want to learn more about you or your podcast <laughs> uh or maybe even Casago, what is the best place for them to find you online?
1: Yeah. So LinkedIn is always a good one. That's Alex, H-U-S-N-E-R. The podcast that I have is Alex and Annie, the Real Women of Vacation Rentals. And that is with my podcast partner, Annie Holcomb. And we talk about all things related to vacation, short-term rentals, and, uh, a lot of different business, just business in general, marketing, branding, strategy, scaling, a lot, of, a lot of really cool topics, but that you can find us on any podcast network. Our website is alexandannypodcast.com which links to any of the different players and Casago, you can go to casago.com slash franchise, or you can email me alex at casago, C-A-S-A-G-O.com. would love to talk with anybody. <laughs>
0: it. Alex, thanks so much for being with us. It's always good to see you, even oh, if it's virtually.
1: Absolutely. No, it's so good to see you. And thank you so much for opening your audience today. And, and I, this was just a pleasure to, to be here with you. And, and as I mentioned earlier, just to watch your growth and your success over the last couple of years has just been really inspiring. So I'm glad to now also call you a friend. I just knew you from afar for a long time, but I'm glad that we've now connected as well. Absolutely.
0: Thanks so much. Thank you. Now, before we go, I want to just give a quick shout out to some amazing women inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Just a few days ago, Robin Gamble Holly posted, list of cities that are hard or impossible to get an STR permit. I was hoping we could work together to compose a list. Let me go first. Napa County, California and Napa, California. And I've got to say the amazing amount of women who have chimed in on this post has been phenomenal. 172 comments and a couple of cities called out were Dallas and Plano, Texas, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Southampton, New York, Cannon Beach, Oregon, and so many others. So if you are already a part of the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group and want to find out where else folks have shared where it's difficult to get a permit, Just pop into the Facebook group, use the magnifying glass at the top right hand side and search a list of cities that are hard or impossible to get an STR permit and that post should come up. If you are not a part of the amazing female short-term rental investors Facebook group, ladies, I would love to welcome you on the inside. So with that i'm going to bid you farewell i hope you have an amazing week and i'll see you soon hey sister for listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing the STR success blueprint strategy session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started. This free one on one is something you won't want to miss you'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR success blueprint strategy session right now by visiting stacystjohncom success.